Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We're going to talk a lot about quarterbacks, current quarterbacks, injured quarterbacks, future quarterbacks, former Vikings quarterbacks they might see on Saturday in Cincinnati. We'll talk about the rest of the league. We'll do our picks, and we'll just talk about how historic it is. The Vikings are going to be starting a fourth quarterback, trying to get a win out of a third starting, a fourth starting quarterback, and they're still in the race. It's pretty remarkable stuff. Uh, Jeff, let's start here. And by the way, this show is part of TalkNorth.com. Find all of our other shows, including the Viking Update show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. And thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Uh, so, Jeff, when you were running teams, did you look for a certain type of backup quarterback or a certain type of quarterback room? Or did you just take the best player you could get? Well, I really wanted a a veteran backup quarterback who had had some some success in the league or had the prospect of having success in the league. And, and I learned that very early on, Jim, in, in my career from Bud Grant and Mike Lynn. That, and, and Mike would always say, the most important player on your team is your starting quarterback. The second most important player is the, the number two quarterback. Now, I didn't quite subscribe to that. When, when, when we had players like Chris Dolman and, and Keith Millard and John Randall and Chris Carter and Randy Moss. However, I, I certainly got the point, which was you need a, a really solid number two quarterback. And I learned that early on. And we've talked about this before when Bob Lee led us to the NFC Championship after Fran Tarkin broke his leg in 77. And Wade Wilson in 87 took us to the championship game after Tommy Kramer got hurt. And then 98 with Randall Cunningham uh, that we had signed. And, and at that point, I, I was a GM, and, and I had learned and felt very strongly about having a good veteran quarterback. Randall had been, a, obviously, a former Pro Bowl quarterback in Philadelphia. And even in Tennessee, my first year, we had, we had Neil O'Donnell, who had been a Super Bowl quarterback in Pittsburgh, to back up Steve McNair. And McNair went down with a back injury, and oh, oh, uh, Neil won four out of five of, of his starts. And so, as I said, I think I think it's really important to have a really solid backup quarterback. And I think the Vikings felt that Nick Mullins was that kind of guy, even though his career record wasn't so great, but at least he had started whatever 15, 20 games in his career at San Francisco and then at Cleveland. And then, of course, he gets hurt when, when Cousins goes down. And, and no one even envisioned Cousins would ever go down. He'd never been hurt in his career. But it happens. It's happened to, I think, now maybe up to seven or eight starting quarterbacks in the league that have gone down this year, the latest Justin Herbert last week. And so it's really a, a tough position to play. So many things can happen. And, yeah, I, I felt it was important to have a veteran guy who had been around and – Josh Jobs certainly filled that bill, too, when the Vikings traded for him, even though Jaron Hall had done some, some decent things in that one drive, but he's still a rookie. So I, I think, yeah, it's important to have a, a solid number two that has experience. I think it's really going to be fascinating to watch how Mullins plays. Now, he, he did a nice job in the, in the game-winning drive in Vegas. However, I, I thought it was interesting when Kevin O'Connell in his – media session this week and he's talking about 
the choice of Mullins as a starter. And he's talking about, yeah, and he was really accurate. And, well, not so much. Not if you look at so much. Not so much. He missed a couple throws. He missed Jalen Naylor. Might have been a touchdown on, on that stop-and-go route where he overthrew him. Now, he did make really good throws on the, on the game-winning drive to Osborne, to Hawkinson as he's fallen, getting hit. And then, of course, the big play to Addison on third and 10 for 20 yards. That was the biggest play of the game. And he made a great throw to the sideline there. So can that translate this week against the Bengals? Is going to be just fascinating to watch. I thought the other interesting thing this week, Jim, as far as Kevin O'Connell, is making the announcement of Mullen starting on Tuesday when so many coaches in this situation would say, oh, I, I'm going to wait until game day because, because I want the Bengals to have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Now, they're still going to prepare for both quarterbacks, trust me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lou Anarumo at, at the Bengals is one of the top defensive coordinators in the league. And the, the Bengals have had a rough year on defense. They're ranked 31st in the league, but they've been playing better lately. And so I think it's just going to be really fascinating to see how this plays out. And I thought it was very interesting that O'Connell made this announcement on Tuesday. And maybe he did it just to crank up Mullins and figure that the news would get out anyway when they started doing reps in practice. But, hmm, <laughs> it's going to be, I think, just as I said, really interesting game. A huge game for the Vikings that, that they need to – to, to win to stay in that sixth seed. However, I think it's a bigger game for the Bengals in the AFC where they're one of set of six, seven and six teams that, and they're currently have a lousy tiebreaker because they're three and six in the conference, as opposed to the Vikings who lost three or four against the AFC opponents so far. And the Bengals will be their fifth, but the Vikings have a six and three conference record which really bodes them well in the tiebreaker. So even if they lost this game, which is a non-conference game, they'll still hold a playoff spot, whether it would be sixth or seventh. Uh, it would depend on perhaps how Green Bay does this week in, in their game with Tampa Bay. But the, the problem for the Vikings is if they get beaten Cincinnati and the Bengals are on a roll, even with Jake Browning replacing Burrow, if the Vikings get beaten Cincinnati, it puts out enormous pressure on the next game against the Lions at home and he, and really those last three games. But, Jim, I think the most fascinating thing is to, is to see after the Lions have struggled lately to get beaten Chicago last week, which was not surprising, as we talked about last week. I, I was not going to be shocked if they got beat. I was not going to be shocked if the Packers got beat in New York, which is what happened to, to Tommy DeVito. I, I keep wanting to say Danny DeVito. <laughs> He's taller. <laughs> but but I, I think the, the really amazing thing is the Vikings control their own destiny in the NFC North. If they win out, they're going to win the division. <laughs> yeah. And and even if they lose to the Bengals, followed by three wins, they'll still win the division. If the Lions lose at Dallas, as expected in Week 17, or against the Broncos on Saturday night in Detroit, which could happen. The Broncos are hot. So D Detroit struggling has brought the Vikings back into the division race. And, and certainly they're in, in, in still in good shape in the wildcard race, even if they don't win in Cincinnati. But a win in Cincinnati would put them just in really great shape in that wild card race, especially. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, 
let's go big. We're going back to details about this Vikings team this week, this challenge, and we'll do our picks. But let's go big picture for a second. I think you and I have come to the same conclusion uh, coming from different spaces, which is that this team needs to bring Kirk Cousins back, but they also need to draft their future quarterback. Uh, and I think you've written about that recently. Yes, I, yeah, I have, and and with my thirty third team article this week, and and I, I did talk about really a, a dozen teams around the NFL that are going to be looking very closely at those first round quarterbacks out of a great quarterback class, where they're probably good chance there'll be six first rounders: Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, just one of the Heisman, Bo Nix. Michael Panix, J.J. McCarthy, it's, it's a great class. There's some really good potential second-round quarterbacks. And to me, the Vikings are one of those teams that are going to be looking very closely at this class, and especially for a team that will have a quarterback 36 years old. Kirk Cousins will be next August. Yes, he's a four-time Pro Bowler. Yes, he was having perhaps his best season with a 103.8 rating. and It was ranking in the top five through eight games. But again, the fact that Quasi has kind of hinted that it would certainly be nice to have a, a young quarterback on a rookie contract, a la Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes when, when he started in Kansas City. And I could definitely see the Vikings as a team, if they make the playoffs and they're picking in the 20s, they may have to move up a little bit to get one of those guys. But I could see them taking a run at one of these first-round quarterbacks and remember a couple of years ago, there there were rumblings that they went after Justin Fields before the Bears picked him, and we're talking about moving up. So I, I could see the Vikings making a move to, to try to get one of those first-round quarterbacks and to re-sign Cousins on a, one of those couple-year deals and then kind of groom this young quarterback for a year behind Kirk and have him – kind of follow the, the Mahomes plan where Patrick Mahomes backed up Alex Smith for a year and then started his second year, ended up being MVP in the league. And his third year, he goes to the, to the Super Bowl and wins it. So it, it's a nice formula to follow if you get the right quarterback. <laughs> and there certainly aren't that many Patrick Mahomes out there. And, and history tells us when there are six first-round quarterbacks, probably three of them are going to be a bust. <laughs> Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, I do really like this class more than I usually like uh, quarterback classes. Usually I figure, uh, to me, it look you look at most of them and you go, okay, that guy's probably not the guy I want. You know who I really like is Michael Penix. Uh, he is, he, he's a winner. He, uh, he throws with accuracy. He throws the anticipation and timing, runs a pro offense. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Tua. Yeah, I think he's, he's really had a great season, definitely. And, and we'll see him in the college football playoff which would be fun to watch him participate in that and so yeah I think it's he's a guy that a lot of teams will be looking at including probably the Seattle Seahawks since he's in their backyard yeah <laughs> and Geno Smith has not had as scintillating a year as he did last year and the, and the Seahawks are in free fall lost four in a row and they got the Eagles this week who are going to be angry going in there with two straight losses and so, yeah, I, I think Panix is definitely an interesting guy. And just so many really, really, I think, talented quarterbacks coming out of this class. And and I, I, I could see the Vikings re-signing Cousins, keeping Mullins perhaps as, as a, a veteran guy, 
maybe maybe saying goodbye to Dobbs at that point and, and keeping Jaron Hall in, in development too, possibly. And and so uh, we'll, we'll see because I think they still like Jaron Hall. And so maybe they, they keep Cousins and, and let Mullins and and uh, and Dobbs go. Well, I, I think there's so many scenarios that could unfold with this Vikings team. But right now, the opportunity is there for Nick Mullins. And, and what could change everything with Cousins is if, if Mullins or Dobbs went on a big late-season run and even took them a couple rounds into the playoffs, then they may decide, okay, it's time to cut the cord with Kirk, keep Mullins, draft that quarterback in the first round, let him compete with Mullins or Dobbs and Hall, and see how that shakes out, and, and then get that salary cap situated with with having to absorb some pretty good dead money hit on Kirk Cousins next year, which is about $28 million. So this thing could go any way over the next six weeks and then on into the offseason. It's, it's what makes the NFL fascinating, Jim. When you look at the Vikings situation, a quarterback, how they've been able to stay in the race and that defense, that's one of the things that is the, the most surprising thing of this season overall, when the season started, the, the prevailing thought for you and I and everybody was that the offense was going to be dynamic with Cousins in his second year with O'Connell and Jefferson, the best receiver in the league, and a, an improving offensive line. Hawkinson, a Pro Bowl tight end. They draft Addison. And so the the thought was the Vikings are going to have this dominant offense and they're going to have a really shaky defense because they let a bunch of guys go and who knows how things are going to pan out. And then what's happened is it, the script has flipped and the offense is struggling because of injuries and other factors. And the offensive line hasn't played great. And the defense has just gone unbelievably better and and they're now ranked 10th in yards allowed and most importantly fifth in points allowed and the last two games they allowed 12 to the bears and and shut out vegas so who saw that coming <laughs> yeah i i mean i thought flores would be a good influence i i'm shocked at how well it's gone uh and and he, you know he's getting so much mileage out of Josh Metellus and Ivan Pace and DJ Wanham, uh, Cam Bynum. You know, I mean, he, he's he's one of those magic defensive coordinators who just makes people better. It reminds me of what Dungy did here in the nineties. Yeah, and, and and you talk about Pace and he's defensive player of the week as a rookie linebacker, thirteen tackles, one sack, one interception. He's he's got calling the the defenses, relaying the signals from from Flores. You talk about Bynum leading the team in tackles. Josh Metellus, another guy who was really off the radar going into the season, even though the Vikings did extend him early on this year, which was really a good move. And he's made plays all season, even though he started out kind of shaky in coverage, but has gotten better and had a big force fumble in the red zone against the Raiders, which a huge play in that game and in such a, a, a tough scoreless game at that point. Harrison Phillips is another guy who has yeah. had a much better season this year, 72 tackles. That's a lot of tackles for a defensive lineman, and he's got a career high with three sacks. And you, you figure this is really a guy that people don't talk that much about other than he's the, the man of the year candidate for the Vikings, uh, the Walter Payton uh, man of the year, community man of the year. But 
kind of an under, underrated signing by Quasi for six and a half million dollars a year on a three year deal in 2022. He made that that deal with Harrison Phillips, and that thing's panned out really well. So Quasi takes some shots, rightfully so, for drafting Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth, and those guys haven't panned out. But he's made some good moves too, such as the Harrison Phillips signing, such as, uh, for example, drafting Jordan Addison this year. So, so there are there are plenty of good moves that he's made too, and the trade for Josh Jobs looked looked like a genius move for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and, and he still won them two games. They might not have won if they hadn't made that deal. So uh, exactly so right, and that, and that may be the that. difference in making the playoffs. Yes, no doubt. All right, more on quarterbacks, the league, and our picks. I want to let you know we are doing Dawn of Sports. That's Don Mitchell's, Mitchell's new show on the network. Don, of course, wired in with the Vikings, does a lot of TV work on and with the Vikings. Uh, we also talk a lot about women's sports. This week's guest, Leah B. Olson. She's had on Mike Tirico, Brian Robinson, Chad Greenway, a bunch of other cool people. So check out that show. And also check out Chin Music with Roy Lavelle and myself talking about the Twins. We appreciate you listening. Thanks very much. Also check out the Viking Update show. Right now, though, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, with my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running, with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. It's the holiday season sales event, $4,000 off MSRP and 1.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Encore GX. $4,500 off MSRP and 1.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Enclaves, $8,000 off MSRP on 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 crew tabs. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore there. Certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, and I personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. We're talking here on Thursday morning. To the, to this point, I don't believe Kevin O'Connell has told us who his backup quarterback is going to be. I would put Hall in as my backup quarterback this week. What do you think? Uh, you said Hall? Yes. I would go with Dobbs. Okay. And, I, and I'll tell you, and the reason is I, I think that, that he brings something different to the table if they so decide that Mullins is not performing well because of Dobbs' scrambling ability. Now, now Hall is, is athletic, too, and he can run around, too. 
But but to me, I think Dobbs is the guy that that has that more veteran savvy to to win on the road. Now Hall did play well in Atlanta in his one series, but that's just that was a very short, small sample size. And I think at this point, I would go with Josh Dobbs as my number two, just because of, of what he can bring as a different look at quarterback and and to make the Bengals have to prepare for him too if he was to come in the game. Interesting. All right. Hey, let's go right to our picks now just because I have a lot of different teams and situations I want to talk about it, and I think we can do it via the picks. And let's start in the division. Denver, hot. Uh, Sean Payton has done great work there, and they are going to Detroit, who is suddenly looking vulnerable. Uh, and, again, we're, we do picks – we're going to give you a pick, but really the point is to talk about the game and these team situations. So what do you make of this matchup? Yeah, this is really a tough game to call. Uh, the, the Broncos have won six of their last seven games, I believe, and, and the Lions have lost two of four. Jared Goff turning the ball over. He's got eight turnovers in the last four games, and the defense is struggling. It's just if this game was in Denver, I would definitely like like the Broncos to win. I just have a hunch that right when you think the Lions are going to the tank, <laughs> they're going to find a way to, to, to win this game, even though it's really so important, almost more important for Denver in that, in that jumbled up AFC. It's, it's a hard game to call. I'm going to take Detroit at home but certainly not going to be surprised if Denver wins. I'll take Denver in this matchup. I just like the way Russell Wilson's managing his game. Their offense seems to have come alive. All right, Chicago at Cleveland. Uh, Stefanski has done really good work with this team, uh, dealing with quarterback injuries, uh, dealing with running back injuries. You know, uh, two of his most important players have basically given them almost nothing this year. The defense is excellent. They find a way to win close games. Chicago, all of a sudden the Bears look very intriguing. Ever since they got sweat, their defense has been dynamic. Justin Fields is making a lot of plays. It's like you know, my big question here is, where are you on Justin Fields? Because there have been times where it's been easy to write him off. Uh, the pass, their passing offense can look so terrible, but man, he's a talented guy who can make plays. Do you, you know, if you're the Bears, are you ready to turn away from him? I'll tell you what, based on what he's done the last two weeks in in upsetting the Vikings here, and. On the final drive, he steps up in the pocket, makes that great throw to DJ Moore for 36 yards to set the winning field goal. Then he showed his athleticism, his speed against the Lions on that 11-yard touchdown run that put the Bears up by 12 last week. And and he, he's got a career-high passer rating of 91.8. He's the third-ranked rushing quarterback with 458 yards. To me, if I'm the Bears and if Justin Fields finishes well – in the last four games, and, and this is going to be a big test for him this week in Cleveland against the Browns' number one defense, even though they've been banged up, but it's going to be a big test for him. If he plays reasonably well the last four weeks, and, and the Bears are now 5-8, and eight, and, and they may think they got a chance to make the playoffs if they went out. If Fields plays well the last last four games, what I would do is I would, I would trade out of that number one spot that they're almost certain to get in – from Carolina in the Bryce Young trade, I would move down a, a spot or two and, and pick Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and you think about pairing him with DJ Moore next year, that would be scary to defensive coordinators around the league, including Brian Flores. If, he, if he's here in Minnesota, which we'll see if that happens, because he's certainly getting a lot of love around the league now. 
and, and could well be the assistant coach of the year in the NFL if the Vikings finish strong on defense. But, but yeah, I, I'm going to take the Browns to win this game, but I think the Bears are going to give them all they want. Yeah, it's fascinating to see that development. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Green Bay, right when you thought they had it figured out, they go lose on the road to the Giants. Tampa has kind of hung in there all season. Uh, what do you think of this one? Yeah, again, really hard game to call. The, the Bucks got a huge win in, in Atlanta, and Baker Mayfield is, is playing pretty well. That's another one of those crazy quarterback situations going into the draft where the Bucks could well go for a first-round pick and have that quarterback sit behind Mayfield for a year perhaps. But I, I don't really trust Tampa Bay. Not that I trust Green Bay that much, but I think at home the Packers – will find a way to, to win this game, that Jordan Love will play better at home than he than he did in, in New York on Monday night. And so I, I'm going to take the Packers to win this game. The Bucks are leading the NFC South, but it's, yeah. it's such, a lo- such a lousy division right now that even if they lose this game, they could win a couple more games and still win the division. So I, I'll take Green Bay. I want to ask about this game because I'm fascinated by where both franchises are. Kansas City at New England. New England, uh, there are rumors that Robert Kraft is considering replacing Bill Belichick. Nobody saw this coming. They cannot figure out their quarterback position. They're a terrible offensive team. And then you have the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes' outburst, the offside call last week. First of all, what did you think of the offside call? I thought it was the, the right call, for sure. Uh it, to, to blame the officials in that situation and think, oh, that they should tell me if I'm offside. Come on, you're you're a pro. <laughs> you should know where to line up. <laughs> and, and he was clearly offside. I think I think whoever it was that made made the point. I think it might have been Peyton Manning made the point that that they should blow that play dead at that point uh, when a guy's clearly offside like that instead of having a, the play run out and then Kelsey makes this amazing. Music City Miracle-like throw across the field to Tony, who was the guy who was offside. And, and yeah, that, that play brought back good memories for me of the Music City Miracle when my Titans ran that play. And, and, and the guy who, who threw that pass across the field was Frank Wycheck, yeah. who sadly, sadly passed away this week at 52 years old. Oh. Uh, just such a sad story. Frank, uh, a, a great friend of mine and one of our, our – Pro Bowl players on that Titans Super Bowl team I was fortunate to be part of. And just so sad. He had he had a bunch of concussions in his career and his his last several years of his life were just not not in good health. And then he has a fall at home and and passes away this week. Just really sad. But but that it, that play that Kelsey ran to Tony reminded me a lot of the Music City Miracle. But yeah, he he was clearly offside, should have blown change the rule, blow the play dead. But the Chiefs have lost three out of the last four. wasn't just this particular game. They've now lost three out of four, including not helping the Vikings when they lost to the Packers. It's just part of this crazy year, Jim. You think the Chiefs have lost three out of four. The Eagles have lost two straight. Now, yeah, they were to San Francisco and Dallas, but they got clobbered in each game, and now they go to Seattle. But yeah, Kansas City will will handle the the Patriots in this game, and I do think Bill Belichick is, is going to be moving on after the season. I, I don't know if anybody's going to going to hire hire him at age seventy or seventy one, but their defense is still playing pretty well, which is certainly Belichick's forte. I, I think forte. I think what's what's let Belichick down 
is is Belichick the GM? Yes. <laughs> Not Belichick the coach because their talent just isn't there. And he drafted Mac Jones in the first round, and neither he nor nor uh, nor Zap is is the answer uh, for the. For the Patriots, even though Mac Jones had a good first year and led him to the playoffs, but the last two years have been a disaster. So I, I just think the Patriots are are in for a change at coach and at quarterback. Yeah, one more game before we get to the Vikings game. Uh, Dallas at Buffalo, two fascinating franchises. The Cowboys have it rolling right now, but do you trust them? The, uh, the Bills actually have been one of the best teams in the NFL the last five years, and they are struggling. Uh, even though Kelly, uh, excuse me, even though Allen puts still putting up big numbers, uh, what do you think of these two teams at this juncture? Yeah, yeah, I think this is really going to be an exciting game to watch, and uh, I, I think that to me, the Bills it's it's more critical for them because Dallas looks at the standings and looks at Philadelphia and figures Philadelphia if they win out, which their schedule is favorable to do so. They'll, they'll, the Eagles would still win the NFC East with a tiebreaker over the Cowboys. So so from the Cowboys' perspective, yeah, they want to go to Buffalo and win a game, but it's, it's a cold, colder weather game, even though maybe not be in the, in the snow. Who knows? I, I just think Josh Allen is coming off a, a good game, coming off a big win against the Chiefs. I like the Bills in this game to knock off the Cowboys and, and stop the Cowboys' big streak. Now, fascinating game. Uh, the Vikings are trying to win with a fourth starting quarterback. They're trying to get in the playoffs while using four different quarterbacks. They're up against uh, one of their former backups, Jake Browning, who's played very well in relief of uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, cold weather game, road game. Vikings very banged up. Might not see Brian O'Neill or Alexander Madison. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough one for the Vikings going to this game. Browning has been really surprising and as we know he was the former practice squad quarterback with the vikings and and went to cincinnati it was kind of groomed there by zach taylor who's really done a, a great job keeping them in the hunt as kevin o'connell has done here with the vikings with all the quarterback problems that they've had after joe burrow went out browning versus the blitz jim a 128 rating three touchdowns no interceptions and he's led them to 34 points a game the last two weeks against Tampa, against Jacksonville and, and Indianapolis in their in their victories. I think the Bengals are are playing well. Uh, they've got T. Higgins back now. Jamar Chase is a little banged up, but he says he's going to play. Uh, their defense, Trey Hendrickson, can certainly cause a lot of problems. And we know Max Crosby caused problems for O'Neal. Uh, and Montez Sweat did the week before. We'll see if O'Neal can play even in this game. I'm going to pick Cincinnati in, in a close one. I think it's going to be one of those one-score one games, probably a three-point victory for the Bengals, but would not be surprised at all if Brian Flores dials up enough pressure and confusion to Browning to make him throw a couple picks, and that could change the game too. I, I just don't know that the Vikings – are going to be able to score enough points to, to stay with the Bengals in this game. And certainly it's a good thing for them that Jefferson's coming back from his injury. When that happened, Jim, I thought he was done. I thought yeah. that was a broke, broken collarbone or broken ribs or something. And the fact that, that he's bouncing back so quick shows his toughness and willingness to play even without his big contract extension that's going to come. So that 
that certainly is is helps the Vikings cause and and Mullins with his veteran savvy, but he just he doesn't have the mobility and can the Vikings protect en- enough and and we know that that the Bengals can be effective blitzing and even though their defense has, has rated poorly this year, they've got 35 sacks. I'll take Cincinnati in this game. Yep, I feel the same way. Hey, good stuff, Jeff. We'll talk next week when the Vikings are preparing for the grand finish against the NFC North contenders, uh, Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. I'll be in Cincinnati this weekend. I'll let you know what that was like. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens to TalkNorth.com and Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider.